Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, Love Tribe? Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Today, I got about three pages of notes from my conversation with Darlene Lancer. It was really an informative podcast where her and I talk about narcissism and narcissistic relationships. She's extremely knowledgeable in this area, actually just released a book on it, and just so much value. If you find yourself in a narcissistic relationship, or maybe you know someone who is, you are going to love this episode, share this episode with them. I I just thought it was really, really informative and valuable. And Darlene is a psychotherapist and author of 10 books, including the one I mentioned, Dating, Loving, and Leaving a Narcissist. And she also wrote Conquering Shame in Codependency, Eight Steps to Freeing the True You. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys do too. I want to just send a big hug to anyone out there who needs it. 
I know you're tuning in to improve yourself, improve your relationship. And a lot of times that can be hard. I definitely have been on the path to improving myself, improving my relationships. And sometimes we need support. We need that hug, even if it's through the audio medium, sending you guys some love. Okay. As always, thanks for tuning in, telling your friends and family. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Darlene. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Today, we're going to talk about narcissism and narcissistic relationships. So I thought a good place to start would be your definition of narcissism, and then we'll talk about how to know if you're in a narcissistic relationship. Okay, well, narcissism is a generic word. So what we're really talking about when we talk about narcissists, is someone with narcissistic personality disorder because there's also healthy narcissism. So you want to have some narcissism and not be uh, so uh, ashamed or, or not able to assert yourself, have such low self-esteem. You might need more narcissism then. So, uh, but... NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, is a very distinct diagnosis. People throw that word around a lot, narcissism and narcissistic. If somebody is self-centered, if they're haughty, if they like a lot of attention. But there are five characteristics that are required to meet the diagnosis. And three are essential. And the first one would be lack of empathy. And then a sense of grandiosity, that they're the best and most perfect. And then three would be that they need excessive admiration. And then beyond that, there are other uh, characteristics, and they only would need two more. And that might be arrogance, or that they only like to associate with high-status people, high-status institutions, Another giveaway would be a sense of entitlement, that they expect special treatment. They think that they're above the rules and above the law and don't want to wait in line, etc. And exploitativeness, that they exploit other people. Envy is also a, a sign that they think people are envying them because they're so great or they envy others. So those are some of the characteristics, but they have to have those first three. And you might look for uh, three E's, the lack of empathy, a sense of entitlement, and exploitativeness. Those are definitely a giveaway. Now, it's not in the, the required definition that a narcissist be aggressive, but many narcissists are. And the more aggressive they are, the more severe is narcissism and the disorder because narcissism exists on a continuum. I'm talking about NPD. Now, when I say narcissism, exists on a continuum from mild with mild symptoms and maybe only the five that are required to somebody having all nine that are listed and that they are severe. And the more sociopathic they are, the crueler they are, the more malicious, the more aggressive, then it starts to look like sociopathy and a, a sociopathic personality. And that's very dangerous. What's the rough estimate of the amount of people that have NPD? I know it's, we, we couldn't know for sure, but I have no idea. Like, if it's a very small percentage of the population in your estimate, or uh, what are we what are we looking at? Well, it's relatively small. Um, it's they used to say maybe one to five percent, maybe two percent, but they also think that it's on the rise right now. Some things in our culture are making it more um, prevalent, and there's more women narcissists than there used to be. And there's more, for instance, in the entertainment business, there's probably more narcissists in politics because they 
seek admiration and attention. So they'd be drawn to uh, jobs where they're going to get that attention. And they like to be in control. That's not also one of the required part of the definition. But so positions where they have control over other people. Let's talk about what someone can do if they're listening to this and they're saying, yeah, my, my partner is somewhere on this continuum. How does that show up in a relationship when you're with someone displaying narcissistic behaviors? And then let's talk about how we can navigate that with a partner. Okay. Well, the first thing is people need to get information. And I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast so people will learn about it. And what I'm saying also applies to any kind of an abusive relationship. So I want to make sure people understand that. It doesn't have to be with a narcissist. I wouldn't get hung up on the definition and the diagnostic criteria. Because if you think you're being abused, you probably are. And it needn't be a narcissist. It could be just an addict. It could be someone with another personality disorder, like borderline personality disorder. So I wouldn't worry too much about is, is this person a narcissist or not? Focus more on are you getting your needs met? Are you feeling abused? Do you feel like you matter in the relationship? Because one of the characteristics is that these relationships are out of balance. The narcissist likes to be in control. And any abuser, not just a narcissist, feels that having power is a way to keep safe. And so over everything else, they want to have control and they want to have the power. So now some relationships work okay with, let's say, for instance, traditionally, the husband makes all the decisions and the wife goes along with it. But that's not necessarily a narcissistic relationship. And that might even work for the couple. But if you feel like your partner doesn't have empathy for you, and by the way, it's not just love relationships or a spouse, it could be a sibling, it could be with a parent, it could be with a coworker, a friend. So what I'm saying applies to all relationships with abusers. So a narcissist or an abuser, they like to put themselves first. And then other people go along with that. They put them first too, for a lot of reasons, um, which I'm not going to go into in the moment. But as I said, an abuser will prioritize power over the relationship and they'll sacrifice the relationship to have the power. Other people prioritize the relationship and they end up sacrificing themselves to keep it, to keep the relationship. And that damages their self-esteem. And I made an acronym out of the word power to help people remember. So that would be P and then O would be for you have opposing ideas assumptions and beliefs because People don't understand that the narcissist's brain works differently than their own. A narcissist sees a relationship like a business transaction. All their relationships are transactional, which means that it's like they're making, they want a good deal. They're going to try to get what they want for the least amount of cost to them and the, the lowest investment. And part of this reflects their lack of empathy because they don't see people as a whole person separate from themselves. They see people as extensions of themselves, almost like cardboard cutouts, just two-dimensional without interior feelings and needs. So it's not surprising that they'd be inconsiderate um, because they don't really see, they don't realize that they have an impact on you. And that's one of the things that you need to change to change the relationship dynamic, which I can get into later. And then W, people don't want to make waves. They want to go along to get along. This just hands over their power, again, to the narcissist. They waive their needs. They waive their rights, hoping eventually they'll get their needs met. Again, it just gives the narcissist more power and lessens their own, as well as lessening their self-esteem and their happiness in the relationship. If you're not getting your needs met, that's why you're unhappy. A lot of people don't even value their needs, codependents especially. 
So they're not even recognizing that their needs aren't being met. They just feel unhappy and they don't know why. Um, and then E, so P-O-W, then E for excitement, because a lot of times people get addicted to drama and the excitement, especially when dating a narcissist, they can be very charming and it can be very thrilling. They can be seductive, sweep you off your feet. Maybe you've heard of love bombing and they shower you with a lot of attention and um, words of endearment, maybe make a lot of promises about your future together. But these are going to dry up pretty fast once they think that they have you hooked. And then they turn into Jekyll and Hyde. And you don't know when you're going to get any of the, the benefits that that narcissist promised. You start to yearn for that charming, romantic, affable person you fell in love with. And he or she has disappeared. And so you hang on for, you know, crumbs of kindness and gestures of romance and affection. And they get less and less. But once in a while, the narcissist turns it on to get what they want. And then it gives a person hope. The problem is this creates a trauma bond and people can get addicted to that. Just like playing a slot machine once in a while you win and you keep playing and giving your money and giving your self-esteem to this person and, you know, to hope that maybe you'll win and it makes it very hard to leave. And finally, in the acronym of power is R because people will make just relentless effort to satisfy the narcissist demands. Uh, and the narcissist just gets more power that way because their needs are insatiable. Nothing will satisfy them. You accommodate them with one thing and then it's something else that they're unhappy with. <clears throat> and you just keep waiting and hoping. And as I said, it becomes very addictive. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. 
Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Before I ask you what we can do if we find ourselves with a narcissist, is it even healthy to stay in a narcissistic relationship and work on, I don't want to say the other person because that's their work, but like try to navigate it? Or is it a situation where if a partner is displaying, you know, a narcissistic personality disorder, not just some narcissistic qualities, but like, let's say full-blown narcissist, should we even be talking about trying to navigate that? That's a very important question. And there are several parts to it. First of all, as I said, it exists on a continuum. So some narcissists have long-term marriages and their symptoms are not as severe. Again, the more aggression, the more severe. And some narcissists can be physically violent. I would suggest that getting um, a plan to be safe, get into therapy, get a safe place to go to, that should be totally unacceptable and off the, off the board. But other times it's verbal abuse and it may be occasional and you can learn how to set boundaries with a narcissist. So most of the people that contact me want to keep the relationship. And then there's a couple other components. People differ, differ. So one person may really enjoy the lifestyle with their partner, and maybe they don't get a lot of affection, but it's not important to them. Maybe they have a very exciting lifestyle. Maybe they're very affluent, or maybe they have intimacy issues themselves. And so they don't mind that they're missing a lot of closeness because the rest of the relationship works. So it's individual choices and differences, both with a partner and with a narcissist. And then, as I said, these relationships become addictive. So an abusive relationship is harder to leave than a normal one. So even if you, you're saying, well, this is unhealthy, it doesn't mean that someone can say, okay, I'm filing for divorce. They have to do some work on themselves to be able to make that transition. And my book goes into what you can do. And the relationship often changes for the better. Not only that, even if it doesn't, you become stronger because you've raised your self-esteem. You've become empowered. My book is more about transformation of the reader. <laughs> and if you start changing your behavior, the narcissist will start changing too. Because when you start taking back your power and they realize they're not in control, they just kind of melt like the wicked witch of the East. And they start to panic because they're used to having control. You start to shift that balance of power. You have to emphasize to them that this is a two-way street. This, this relationship has to work for both of us. We both have to get our needs met. And I have a lot of scripts and strategies and pointers and exercises to do to know how to communicate with the narcissist because you have to communicate differently and how to set boundaries, which could be very scary in the beginning. So you have to build up yourself. And number one is not to react because narcissists like to provoke you. They, they don't mind arguing. To them, the facts get in the way. They just want to win and have power over you. So when you react, you hand over your power and your self-esteem. You start appeasing them, defending yourself, explaining yourself, and arguing with them. You lose when you argue. So you have to learn how to detach and not take things personally. Because far too often people do, and by the time after some years in a relationship like this, their self-esteem is on the floor. And they lose themselves because 
in some of these relationships, it's my way or the highway with the narcissist. And so people give up themselves. So you can't just say, well, you need to leave. They're too terrified to leave. They don't feel like anyone else would love them or want them. They don't feel like they they deserve uh, to be treated well. So that's some of sometimes people come into a relationship and that's a problem with these scripts coming from trauma in their own childhood. So they don't even treat themselves very well. Sometimes they leave a, a painful or abusive relationship. And guess what? They find out that the abuser is themselves, that they abuse themselves and how they talk to themselves, how they treat themselves. And again, this goes back to their family of origin. Can you talk about some other ways that we can take back our power and I love when our guests give specific examples as you've been doing. Okay. So just so you know that when you allow abuse, you're endorsing it and endorse behavior is repeated. So the first thing is you don't argue with a narcissist. If they say something, uh, they're very opinionated or telling you what you should do or not do or shouldn't have done. You could just say, Oh, well, that's interesting. I'll think about it. They would love that you're thinking about their suggestions and their criticism. But you have to then go back to yourself and say, what do I think and feel about my behavior? What is this reminding me of? Is this some something I was criticized for as a child? Is this, is this real? You have to evaluate what's the, the truth of it. And usually it's just something to put you down. Maybe they want you to dress a different way or change your hair or, or they insist that you have to lose weight or something. And maybe you're fine with who you are. So then you have to think about why am I going to go along with this? And maybe you decide that you don't want to and start validating yourself. So, um, so not reacting, and it's very important to develop outside support system. So that might be a therapist, it might be a coach, uh, somebody who knows about narcissism. I urge people to join a 12-step program. Uh, often codependence anonymous can be helpful because people have a similar pattern of accommodating others and denial so denial plays a big part in why people stay in abusive relationships, because if they realize that they're being cheated on or being abused in some way, it presents a conflict. They think, now, what do I do about it? I can't just abide by this, like you're saying. I'm seeing this person has a, has a problem. And so they want to go back into denial, like, hoping that things will get better, or maybe one day, and then they excuse and rationalize abusive behavior. Well, you know, I know he had a bad childhood, or I know she didn't really, I know she loves me, she didn't mean it, even though she's calling me names and put, putting me down. So a lot of times other people empathize with the, with the abuser, but the abuser doesn't empathize with them. They want to, the, the other person wants to play fair and they expect that the narcissist is going to treat them the same way. But as I said, they have to understand their brain is different. They don't realize that you have feelings. They don't value your feelings. You have to value your needs and feelings and you have to teach them that it matters because if they don't value yours, then maybe you don't feel like valuing theirs, that there are consequences. You know, a lot of people tell me that, Oh, I tried setting boundaries and they don't work. So I wrote a blog, 10 Reasons Why Boundaries Don't Work. And they don't work if there's no consequences. Same with a little child. If you keep nagging them to clean their room or to, to not do some behavior you don't like, but there's never any punishment, there's never any consequence, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep testing you and pushing you. And that's what a narcissist will do. As long as they can get away with something, when you allow them to, that endorses it. So getting a support system, and I say just observe things in the beginning, write them down. And if you're hiding behavior from other people, that's a sign of denial. 
And are you making excuses for them? Are you sympathizing with them and not yourself? You know, rationalizing behavior or, well, I know that person said that or did that, but it doesn't really bother me. Well, maybe you're minimizing. That's another form of denial. Rationalizing, excusing, minimizing, those are all kinds of denial. And coming out of that can be painful because when the veils are lifted, often there's grief that you realize, my God, I'm I'm married for 20 years to someone with a mental illness that I never realized. And I've been waiting around hoping them for them to change. And then when you see the truth, there's a, a reckoning that happens within yourself that maybe they're not going to change because uh, I mean, they can to some extent if you start putting these things into practice, but that means working on yourself. And in some cases, a narcissist will agree to go to counseling and it can be intensive and it could take a few years. So there's that. And the next is to develop your own life, to become more autonomous. Stop focusing so much on your partner or your sibling or whoever the narcissist is and start developing your own strengths and your own support system. Develop yourself so it also will increase your self-esteem. So you're not so dependent. If you're financially dependent on the other person, go to work. Start having your own income. It'll help building, build your self-worth and it'll make you feel more independent so you're not so afraid to take a not just to leave, but just to take a position. So building autonomy. And eventually, if you start standing up and feeling better about yourself, your life might become so full that you're happy despite the narcissist. And the narcissist will see you doing this, will become more and more morose and more and more dependent. The tables will turn like a seesaw. You will start taking back your power and they might become very afraid and kind of disintegrate and they might make threats because they want to go back. They want to keep the status quo. So you need a strong support system. So you don't waver because there's a tendency to think, well, I'll give in and, and lose, you lose your ground that way. And then they think they're back in control. Even sometimes after leaving a narcissist, they will, it's called hovering. They will try to, get you back and they'll make promises and um, they'll try to, they'll promise to go to therapy or they'll be very nice and loving, you know, for a few weeks, but they can't keep it up for very long. I had one client who was going through this and her husband would say to her that, see, I, I was, did everything you wanted all last week. And she was saying, well, I don't feel safe after all these years of abuse. And he didn't understand that it would take more than a week for her to feel safe with him again. And he would try things for a week or two and buy her presents and all of that. But she needed more. She didn't think that things were going to change like overnight. And he couldn't keep it up. So eventually he wanted to leave. And it was a very amicable um, split. It was not the typical fighting because she wasn't reacting, she was detached. And he realized he wasn't getting what he wanted out of the relationship and he wanted out. So those are some things I wrote a, just for, you know, I wrote codependency for dummies years ago. So I know a lot about the dynamics of both sides, the codependent and the narcissist. And so years ago, I wrote a handbook on how to raise your self-esteem and I have a webinar on it. So that's the core issue is like really raising your self-esteem. So you have some more entitlement. You feel entitled to be treated well rather than going along with somebody who's disrespecting you. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it 
all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. What are some of the reasons that we give up our power? You're touching on them. Low self-esteem um, could be one. Why Why do we do that? Why do we allow ourselves to, to be in a situation, like you said, a 20-year marriage? Obviously, there's lots of different reasons, but maybe you could touch on the general idea of, of why and how people give up their power. Well, let me just start with when you meet the narcissist, you know, when you first get into the relationships, because once you're in it, you have more invested and it's harder to leave. But first of all, you might have had a trauma in your childhood. So people, that sounds like a severe word, but it could just be a parent who is 
overly critical, uh, someone who is unavailable, emotionally unavailable, a mother that's depressed or is perfectionistic, a lot of criticism. So it goes back to your self-worth of who you are as an individual and shame underlies both, both partners. The narcissist has this huge facade of being great and being feeling entitled and feeling superior to everyone. But underneath, it's a cover-up for feelings of inadequacy. And some are more or less aware of that, or they may be totally, it may be totally unconscious. But same with the codependent person or the partner may feel these feelings or could be unconscious. Um, but they don't feel that they're really likable or they're really lovable, probably because they had a parent who either said derogatory things to them or just was not too involved with them, could have been neglect or could have been over-controlling. There are different ways where a parent can undermine your self-esteem and self-worth because a child needs to feel like the parent wants a relationship with them for who they are, not the parent's expectations, not conditional love. See, that's shaming too. A lot of parents give conditional love if you, you know, get good grades, if you behave the way I want, um, if you uh, succeed, go to this college or whatever it is, that the love is conditional. And so that tells you that I have to accommodate. This is where it starts, accommodate my parent. You start learning that behavior, become an accommodator. You do that with other people too, not just the narcissist. And you don't feel like, People will love you for who you are, your authentic self. You know, I wrote this book, Conquering Shame and Codependency, Eight Steps to Freeing the True You that gets buried. And then people start criticizing themselves because they think they're not measuring up to this ideal that maybe started with a parent or their internal ideal of how I have to be like the good son or the good daughter to get the respect or the love of my mother or father. And people need this from both parents. So even if you have one loving parent, if you have another one that's unavailable or neglectful or overly critical or abusive, you still get that feeling inside. And then you meet a narcissist and you idealize them. So that's part of the problem. You feel bad about yourself. You have feel in, inadequate in who you are. But then the flip side, the idealization of somebody else. And the narcissist, it's the reverse. They feel superior. And eventually, maybe not in the first few months, but eventually they'll start thinking that you're inferior. And so it's this, again, this opposition, this kind of seesaw um, where you feel inadequate and you idealize somebody else. People also idealize narcissists for traits that they don't have. So often they like a narcissist who's very bold or an abuser who is very assertive and a, a, a bold and decisive and takes risks because they don't want to do that. So they look up to that, but then they'll do that with you too. So often there's depression. The more you idealize someone, it's perhaps the more depressed you are inside. And that can carry you for a while in a relationship. You really look up to your partner or you think your trophy wife is so beautiful and so charming, even though she's maybe dismissive of you. And so that can keep you for a while. But it also could be that this relationship is seductive. That in the beginning, as I said, the narcissist could be very seductive. So they did research and found that it took people seven interviews with a person to see the negative side of a narcissist. They liked the narcissist in the beginning. It wasn't until after seven encounters where they started to see signs that they didn't like the person. And again, if there's similarity to if you've had a narcissistic parent, you're much more likely or some kind of abuse because the pattern is the same. It just feels familiar. 
feels like home. Um, if you're very lonely, you might get into a relationship more quickly. So some of the reasons that people get into these relationships and then as their self-esteem is lowered in the relationship, as they turn over their power and depend on the other person, they start losing themselves. They lose their autonomy. They look to the narcissist for their self-esteem. Well, self-esteem has to come from inside. Otherwise, it's other esteem. And by the way, narcissists, you know, brag about themselves, but they need constant supplies of affirmation and admiration because underneath there's a lot of shame. So that's why turning that around and building your own self-esteem, taking steps to do that, learning to be assertive, learning to uh, be autonomous, those are all important rather than giving away so much power. And then over time, you become a shell of yourself. You don't even remember like maybe the, the independent, spunky you know, person you were in your 20s when you first got married. It's become buried. After all these put downs and being undermined by the narcissist, the partner feels like just a shell of their former self. Maybe they remember when they felt more independent and spunky and happy in the early days uh, when they met or in the early days of the marriage. And then they just wonder what happened. Well, their self is getting smaller and smaller. They have to start taking responsibility for recapturing that, reclaiming themselves. Well, Darlene, I've just been scribbling so many notes because you're just giving so many great nuggets of information. And I'm sure someone out there listening that may identify as being with a narcissist is doing the same. What would you tell someone who's in a narcissistic relationship, how to decide if this is something to, to navigate or work on, or if this is a relationship they need to get out of. And obviously every relationship's different. There's going to be lots of different variables, but in general, what are some signs that maybe it's good to stay and work on it, or um, this is something you need to find an exit strategy for? Okay. Well, I have a lot of criteria in the book that you, but, but first of all, if somebody is consistently lying or doing unethical and immoral behavior, especially if they're very aggressive uh, and treacherous, cruel, that person is unlikely to change. So they have more sociopathy, but most narcissists are not. That's maybe 1% of narcissists. So starting to try to implement some of these things can help you discern whether the narcissist is willing to make modifications. Are they willing to maybe go to therapy eventually? Do they take any responsibility for themselves and their behavior? Some more narcissists will feel some regret. So you hear on the internet, you know, a lot of people paint narcissists as so evil, but those are the more malicious kind. You know, are you able to get them to reciprocate more in the relationship or care about the, their impact on other people? Many narcissists do. But if they're violating the law uh, and they have unethical standards without remorse or they're violent, that person is less likely to change. Well, Darlene, definitely a lot to think about. And this has been so um valuable and, and informative. Like I said, I was just scribbling lots of notes because we've definitely talked about narcissism on the show, but the way you're breaking it down and it's painting a very clear picture of how to identify these traits and, and how to, to navigate them and, and gain our power back. So thank you so much for sharing all this great information. Before we wrap up, 
Are there any things that we skipped over or maybe something you want to emphasize? And then I'd love to have you tell our listeners where they can find you online and about your book. And then we'll say goodbye. Well, what I said at the beginning, I will say again, is that if you suspect you're being abused, you probably are. Okay. So, and get support. Talk to a therapist, join a 12-step program and get information to know what you're dealing with. In the beginning, just observe and start journaling about your feelings and conversations. And so that, because there's that tendency to go into denial. So those are very important. Uh, Certainly if there's any violence, get help immediately. And where can our listeners find out more uh, about your work? Sure. My website is whatiscodependency.com. There's also darlenelancer.com. And uh, my book just came out today, Dating, Loving, and Leading a Narcissist, Essential Tools for Improving or Leading Narcissistic and Abusive Relationships. And it's in paperback on Amazon. There are links to it on my website. And you can get a a digital copy there um, for other devices like Kobo and Apple and stuff. I have links on my website to Smashwords. You can get it also. Well, our listeners can find all the links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. Oh, thank you again for inviting me. I'm always happy to spread the word about this, about helping people get out of these painful relationships. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest, as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.